1: Hey, everyone, no, I gotta start over. I gotta start over. I just don't like your facial. We should hey, record. Everyone. We should video record this for your facial oh, no. expression. Oh no no no! Okay. Hey everyone, welcome to another behind the message with Jason and Chris <laughs> and Chris, and now starting at five ten, all the way from Versailles, Kentucky. Jason, Um, you know, the most famous I've ever been in sports, I was in a championship tournament that was televised and basketball tournament. Well, yeah. Televised it was a, local? Yeah, it was Church League. <laughs> yes. it's, that's true, it was a Church League. My, <laughs> my New Hope Baptist Church was in the championship. Represented? And I, I played well, and um, I remember I hit a three, and the recording, the guys were like, Pain's on fire. <laughs> church League. We, like, we wore... He's uh, warming up. He's warming up. And we we wore, like, <laughs> paint under our eyes yeah. for this game. Church League is a serious, man. I guess. So, I mean, the police got called one time. <laughs> I was on a parent. Um, there was one game uh, that, like, we stacked our team. We were that church. We Okay. There was a few kids that didn't play high school ball that year that we recruited. And so... Definitely didn't come to our church more than like once. They probably looked at our church when they drove by and they were like, hey, you want, you want to be on our church basketball team? And uh, we, we were beating this team. And I'm not, obviously, I'm not tall, yeah. but like the whole other team didn't come like past my chest. And by halftime, the coach was like, we're leaving. And got his kids and they left. They left. They they all packed up and went home, and uh, that was the end of the game. So isn't that crazy, church uh, basketball. All right, let's get started. Um, the uh, harvest festival was Sunday, first ever. Um, I guess since I've been here, we I say that like, you know, harvest festival is super original. <laughs> Did you see that? Did I send you that picture? I sent it to the elders. It's from Babylon B, and it it has Jesus, and it it's like Jesus knows that your harvest festival is just a Halloween party. No, I didn't see that. No, I'll show it to you. Mm. All right. Anyways, so harvest festival was Sunday, Chris. What was your favorite part of it? Because yeah,
0: <laughs> when it was over,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Chris. Chris no. Chris doesn't. As much as he loves shepherding people, he doesn't love large groups of people, right?
0: No, I mean, it was was fine. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But other than making popcorn the entire time, I really didn't experience any other part of the festival, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was your thing. But on a
0: know. real note, I mean, Jesse stepped up and helped me out, so that was cool. So hanging out with Jesse and just serving others, I guess was my favorite part. Wow, of man. This festival?
1: We'll we'll have to put you in the promo video for next year. And you're mm-hmm. like, "It was fine." Uh Like, Chris, what was your favorite part of the Harvest Festival? When it was over. <laughs> <laughs> Harvest Festival 2023. Hey, come Paul- on out. It was no joke. It was a really
0: popular
1: yeah, place at yeah, this it festival, was. but I to your credit, Chris. All right. First of all, you had never done it.
0: Never. Zero times have I made popcorn in a popcorn machine yep. before and, Sunday.
1: And Jenny said it was the best popcorn she's ever had. I'll take it. Um, like, ever, apparently.
0: <laughs> I'll take it as a win.
1: That was a win. So, um, yeah, I, I, two things. One, um, I told all the volunteers to be here at 2:30, which was probably a tad too yeah, early I didn't once show up we got time. everything done, but they, like, they all showed up. They were all wearing like East River Park gear, which I did not ask them to do. That was kind of their thing. Oh. Um I might have no, maybe I did say that at the meeting, but that was just cuz staff were like we should wear that. And I'm like, "All right, that's fine." Um and they were like there, ready to serve. So that was it was just good to see that many people excited to serve. And, yeah. Um, but I haven't heard feedback after, so they might be like, that was... <laughs> we were all glad it was over. No, it was... Uh, so there was a lot of people coming in and out. Um, I I bet you would have rather been at the popcorn station than the inflatable station.
0: Mm. Mm, I don't know.
1: Yeah, inflatables were...
0: Yeah, it's just kids. Popcorn going. wasn't bad. We just—I think we needed another
1: machine. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, you're like, we should buy ten of these. Yeah, like one will not do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll start a popcorn GoFundMe for next year. We go. The only other thing I thought was awesome. Uh, the the waffles. We had a waffle oh. bar station yeah. thing. And they kept asking me, like, "You can you get a waffle?" And I'm like, I don't, "I'm good right now." And they're like, "You should get a waffle." And I'm like, "I think they really want me to get a waffle from this waffle bar." So I did that, but they put apple butter. I got apple butter on there. Do you not like apple butter? With strawberries and syrup. No, Chris. It was awesome. Okay. It was so. I'm just telling everyone um, behind. This is behind the message, but so behind the Harvest Festival. Put apple butter on your waffles. I love apple butter. And a little plug, we still have a few jars left. I put apple butter on my eggs. Yeah, that's... True story. Oh, man, I can't get on board. I'd rather put ketchup on my eggs mm. than... That's disgusting. Ugh, apple butter. Yes, sir.
0: Scrambled eggs.
1: I did put... Scrambled eggs. I did, so the, little, the like, Christian church pastors get together for breakfast every Tuesday um, and I haven't been in like two years, and so they moved it to Bojangles, mm. and I was like, "Well, I'll go. I need to be more of a team player, anyways." And um, they're all very nice, so I just, I just, it's been on with COVID and raising kids. It's just hard to get there, especially when I'm taking the kids to school. Regardless, I went and got the Cajun biscuit, mm-hmm. but put strawberry jelly on it. Mm. Strawberry jelly. It's a sweet and spicy, Chris.
0: I don't like strawberry nah. jelly.
1: It's so good. It's good. Well, now, that's I all. If I have,
0: sorry, me interject there. If there <laughs> is something on my biscuit, like chicken or something like that, I'm just eating it plain. Oh, but if no. I'm eating just a plain biscuit, then it's apple butter.
1: Ooh, I bet apple butter on that Cajun biscuit would be good. Oh, yeah. Mm. The Cajun chicken biscuit. Mm-hmm. You got to have a sauce. Like I, I dipped them chicken minis in Chick-fil-A sauce. No, That's I good. The too.
0: chicken, the chicken minis eat you straight up.
1: They're so good. I eat them. A, oh. I I was a a late bloomer to the chicken mini party, um, but it's good.
0: You missed out. You talked about all pro dads back in the day. They used to kick it with the uh, the chicken minis from Chick fil A.
1: Yeah. Now we get donut mm-hmm. a donut and Kool Aid or something. <laughs> it's like sea Punch. Um, but yeah, but how many? Like that the. Cafeteria is packed. Well, I mean, yeah. it would cost them a fortune to feed all them dads. Yeah.
0: Well, this is like when they first started yeah. the program. So there's was, way more all pro dads I'm now.
1: 2022. They're we we figured it out. We're all <laughs> it's kind of turned into all pro grandparents and
0: <laughs> uncles. I miss one of those. I used to love that. It was a good time.
1: No, I ne- when when it's the night before and Corey's like all pro dads is tomorrow and I gotta wake up. I'm just like, I don't want to go. But when I'm there and I go, I'm like, I'm glad I'm I'm here. So mm-hmm. if you don't know what we're talking about, Eastside, they do the all-pro dads. Like, I don't know if it's once a month or once a quarter. I have no idea. But mm-hmm. just trying to get dads with their kids. And really, I just don't like it because I don't want to get the kids up by myself and get them out the door. But <laughs> you wouldn't know anything about that, Chris. Nope. <laughs> I don't know any other life <laughs> but that one. <laughs> All right, we're in 1 Samuel 2, 27 through 36. We ended um, chapter 2 on Sunday. Mm -hmm. We will do all of chapter 3 Sunday, Mm -hmm. this Sunday. So the question from the passage was, what makes a strong house? Uh, To set that up, though, I've been, as I studied the passage for Sunday, I just kind of, the very first step is just highlight a bunch of things, circle things, write notes on just the scripture. So I'm just studying, obviously, I'm just studying the scripture. But what I kept noticing when I, I kept reading the passage and I was like, man, this says house a lot. So I just was circling every time it said house. And I was like, well, we can't. It's it can't talk about house that much and that not be the driving point of this message. Um, so that's really where that question came from what makes a strong house and you see the the fall of Eli's house and the priesthood taken away from Eli and his, his family so the first point it's a strong house is a house that remembers the Lord's faithfulness so question to you Chris how was the Lord faithful to Eli and his house
0: uh, okay God had a plan from the beginning, on how to introduce himself to the world through the Israelites, and uh, God chose Eli's family to be priests and to
1: serve. Okay, and um, they also got to eat. Like he, well, I mean, they, you know, that's how they they ate from the offering. Yeah,
0: they had a portion that was.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like they were all. Bivocational, and no. they were like, "Hey, we make tents, but then we also serve in the temple." Not that there was anything there's anything wrong with that, but like, no, they were solely supplied and funded and cared for by the Lord and His people. That was um,
0: their cleanse. I mean, that's how they during that time
1: got right with God was was through their priests through yep. that. We should start that back up. You think we? so? No, that okay. would just demolish the gospel, but. Um, yeah, I think that's probably why, what people still think, you know, now that I say that out loud, you know, like mm-hmm. I got to go to church, get my, um, get myself right. I might like, make sure you find Jesus there because yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what, that's what makes you right, brother. Um, this is to both of us. So just, just being more practical here. How has the Lord been faithful in your life? Oh, you want me to go? Yeah, go for it. Uh, the first one, patience, patience with me and my sin is a big one. Um, that's good. He's gracious to not have already killed me to take me out. Um, I I think gracious, not just, you know, it's one thing like if you're a, your kid does something dumb that they didn't know was dumb, but they did it anyways, it's maybe easy to show grace, but when your kid does something dumb when they know better, and you're like, "Man," it's very hard to show grace mm-hmm. then. And I, so that's how I view. Just you know, I grew up in church and went to Bible college and and went to seminary, and and you're like, "Why?" Do, and you still you're still going to struggle with sin. Um, so mm-hmm. I just think the Lord's been gracious to me and my sin. I was driving um, yesterday. And, you know, I, as simple as like the Lord, the Lord will forgive you. But sometimes when I preach that, I'm like, I, you know, you, you believe that for others, you know, you're like, of course the Lord forgives you. And you're like, well, do you believe, well, do you believe that the Lord actually forgives you? You know, like, will the Lord forgive me for my sin? Um, so... I I don't know. Those were I was just driving. I was stuck yeah. at the stoplight and thought, oh, that was a good reminder of the gospel. That you know, I don't preach just that the Lord forgives others. That no, the Lord for, forgave me. Um, he's provided me with some awesome kids and a wife. Um, I guess in church life, or just you know, being married for a long time now. Um, I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't. She never is gonna listen to this. So don't. No, you're just saying that because Corey listens to this. She doesn't. She she doesn't. N- she's never listens to buying the message. Um, okay. Yeah, I'd be shocked unless someone had, like heard this and was like, Corey, you should listen to it. <laughs> she listens to me enough. Like she doesn't That's need. That's true. She That's doesn't true. need to hit play it. on her phone and listen to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've known her since I was 16, and she, i mean she is she's an awesome wife um and awesome mother but just you know just a good friend and i look at other friends and or other couples and their wives and you're like i'm glad <laughs> i'm not in that marriage you know um and that's just a bless. i mean seriously it's a blessing like she's always been really i'll tell you one thing that's i love she's fiercely independent um And which also means like she doesn't use me as some like weird crutch in life, you know. Like if I'm like, "Hey, I want to go hang out with my friends," she's not like, "Oh, but I wanted to sit here and talk on the couch all night," you know. She's like, "See ya. Make sure you're back before the kids get up," you know. (laughs) So she's an awesome wife, and I will also say uh, he's been faithful with. Providing me with great churches um, another I have so many ministry friends that They have all these terrible church stories mm-hmm. and I'm like I have not ever had that um, At least not in ministry. I, I mean I go back to even just serving a Bible college or there is But it was bullet Look Baptist Church. That's a real church mm-hmm. uh, Great church. I served at Springdale and Louisville was a great church. Um our last church is so healthy. This church, I mean, obviously, you know, like this church has its issues, but it's been insanely supportive. Yeah. Um, even with COVID. Like all my other friends were like dealing with things. I'm like, I don't know, we're not dealing with that right. here. Um, so I don't chalk that up to my own Wisdom, seriously, I think that's been God's been gracious, and gracious knowing like if He put me in a bad church, I might just implode my life. So <laughs> he's like, Jason needs this. So. Anyways, how about you? How about yeah? You? No,
0: uh, I can jump on board with the kids. I got some some great kids, and I have a family. You hear that, Connor? Wherever he's you're probably at? gone to work by now. Oh, okay. Uh, but no, I've got uh, provided me with a very supportive family that. Godly family, um, a job that I'm. I mean, I'm single parent, one one income, but I have have my own home and all my vehicles are paid for. And um, yeah, he's been real good, uh, real good to me,
1: more than I deserve. That's for sure. What's that? It remind me of what's that Dave Ramsey thing he always says, where he's like, more than I deserve. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <I'm> like yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I bet, you got rich. Bought all your books. All those, all those poor people bought your books. <laughs> yeah. You want a new car? You better buy cash. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, I don't. No, no. let's all, go man. on. No, that's good. The Lord's been faithful. Very. So, so,
0: we- uh, Jason, what is the importance of sharing God's faithfulness to children?
1: Um, I've got, I I thought about this while I was teaching Sunday, um, but didn't share it. So I'll share it here. This is Judges 2, 10 through 11. It says, and all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served Baals, Baal, however you want to say that, um, certainly didn't serve God. Uh, So I'd say three reasons it's important. You are investing in generations. So when I look at that passage, um, it wasn't like there was a missing link somewhere along the way. It's not that they just did not know the Lord. They didn't know the work the Lord had done for Israel, meaning someone had stopped telling them. Um, so when you, when you tell kids about God's faithfulness, you're investing not just in them, you're investing in generations. You're like, meaning you're discipling your grandkids or your great grandkids by just discipling your own kids, hopefully. Um, yeah, so you're trying to create a legacy in mm-hmm. that, um, and those are important. I mean, I talked to someone Sunday who came from the opposite of that legacy. Hmm. And it's incredibly hard to follow Christ when you have a leg- a generational legacy of people that don't care about Jesus. So, um, you know, you can flip that script and say, well, we're going to create a legacy of generations that do. Um Another one, you're leading your house, you're a healthy house now, which is important. Three, you're being a witness to a dark world. Um, this is Matthew five fourteen through 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. It gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So when you're sharing God's faithfulness to children, I I look at that in our own house, um, and I've said it before on Sunday. Like, the the older my kids get, the more I realize I'm like, oh, I think we're rare, you know. I even in the Bible Belt, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you know, like, you you're trying to raise godly teenagers, and these jokers are going to Elizabethton High School. And I guarantee they're surrounded by a bunch of ungodly families. So you got I could just tell by Chris's face. He's got all kinds of things to say. We're gonna call it let's just let's let's just switch this the gossip podcast. No, let's do the no, Carter gossip. County scuttle bit. <laughs> Those are good. All right, let's do two uh point two. Yeah, right? Point two? Oh. I thought you said, I was repeating what you said. Oh, okay. I didn't know you said, I thought you said, wait, like two. (laughs) Two, the house that lives with biblical conviction. How did Eli participate in the wickedness of his sons?
0: I feel like I answered this last week, too. Similar question. He was a passive dad uh, that did not live by his convictions. Um, It was too painful for Eli to displease his sons. Mm. Uh, so he chose to, he honored his sons more than God. Um, and his sons knew that Eli would not do anything about it. So,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. About the yeah. wickedness.
1: And we'll see, um, just to clarify, I skipped ahead Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, and I went to First Samuel 4 just to show the end of Eli's life. Because um, I thought it revealed... A lot about Eli. Um, but just for clarification, he's not dead yet in right. this where we're at in for Samuel. He's not dead. He won't be dead Sunday. You see him with Samuel in the temple. So things shift more towards Samuel at this point and the Lord. But there it is.
0: So how does passiveness... Passive in this... Passiveness. Passiveness. I'm just going to say it fast. Ruin families and
1: churches. <laughs> um, three things. It allows sin to grow and infect others in the house. It's not just that it allows sin. Like when you're passive towards sin in your house and even the church, and you're like, you know, if we just leave it alone, maybe it'll go away. <laughs> you're like, that's not how sin works. How sin works is it will. When it's left alone, it will grow. And That's when true. sin grows, it will begin to infect others. It infects, it's like, um, just to give us, it is a real example, but a smaller example. Like, let's say one of our kids in our living room is acting insane, which happens quite often. We don't allow that one kid to stay in the living room because that It does two things. One, it ruins the living room because everyone else is behaving. Everyone else is being normal. And so we're like, all right, well, we're not going to punish your two siblings because you want to act like this. You need to be removed from this situation. You can remove yourself or we will remove you. Take your pick. Uh, Usually that means you need to take a break in your room or something. Um, The reason we do that, one, so it doesn't ruin that. But two, it also doesn't that behavior doesn't infect the others where they're like, well, I can do that. I'm like, no, (laughs) you can do that. And you'll, that it'll happen to you too. too. So, um, and that goes to my third point in a minute, but so it grows and affects others. It, it allows sin to create anarchy. I think Uh, not just in your family, but in the church when you just are passive and you're like, we'll just let sin figure things out. Um, and it, it allows like people just to do like Israel. They just begin to do whatever was right in their own eyes. I mean, it's anarchy yeah. and there's no, there's no submission to authority. Um, and then three, it allows sin to become the new normal where if you are passive and it it's allowed enough, everyone's like, well, that's just how things operate here. Um, I don't want to give specific examples with church life um, but it certainly happens in church life where sin has allowed has been a pattern of of negative unhealthy behavior has been allowed to happen for so long everyone's like this is our normal Mm. Um, actually I will give an example Uh -uh. and if I get in trouble whatever Um, like when i started the finances here at east river park they had been so backwards and distorted for so long that it became the normal so it was it was everyone kind of knew like things aren't good mm-hmm. but it was like well you know we'll figure it out it's not it's not as good as it could be but it just had become a new normal until you have someone and i'm like no, you're not, the money's not tight. The money's in crisis. We're in crisis mode. Yeah. And, um, I knew that I couldn't be the only voice to say that. Um, I and mean, when we had Gene from Tri-Cities, you know I mean? You were in yeah. that meeting. He sat there and yep. he's like, Hey, if nothing changes, y'all are going to be short $26,000 in the budget. And what he didn't know, would, I was like, that'd be good for our church. You know, like at the time, um, so that was the thing. it was just a pattern of unhealthy behavior that had become normal and then so it was hard to to get out of that um and I say all that to say, money's a lot better now easierer yeah. and we have we're hitting budget and have hit budget so um but uh if i could can i say nope no what what we're on two, right? We're on point two. Alright, I got something else to passions. say later. All right. Okay. Three. What is the this is no. for you. Yep. Yeah, this is for okay. you. What's <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Third question for Ooh. point two. <laughs> what is the difference between being passive? This is a tough one, because I really wanted to hear what you had to say on it. What's the difference okay. between being passive and showing grace? Being passive is not acting. To
0: influence or change the situation, allowing other people to be in control.
1: Okay.
0: Whereas when we show grace to others, it's about showing kindness to someone else, even when they don't deserve it. Um, grace is going out of our way to to give to give compassion, kindness, and love to someone,
1: even though they might not appreciate it or return the favor. So, a follow up question. Oh goodness. At what point does showing grace become being passive?
0: At what point does showing grace...
1: Because I agree with your definitions, and I agree that... Well, good, because I just looked up the definitions (laughs) of those (laughs) words. Okay, so we should be showing grace. But at what point in the process of showing grace of someone in your life or in the church are you saying, no, now you're, you're being passive?
0: Um... I would say we're showing grace but we're still teaching truth. Um I guess it would become passive when they reject your truth and just take advantage of your kindness, I would and you and you
1: don't do anything about it. Yeah. This is super complicated. Um I guess there would be because there is no black and white to that answer uh, and every situation's different right. but I think when you show someone grace which we should, it becomes passive when you notice you're enabling them mm-hmm. to be in their sin um which actually is the word from the Lord to Samuel to Eli is he was enabling his boys to right. sin. Yeah. It, I mean, he could have shown... The first act of grace would be to hear about it and to be like, boys, that's not what we do. And this is what you need to start following. Uh, that showing grace. Being passive is having that conversation and they continue to do it. And then you just stop having those conversations. Yeah. Um, how, that, how that happens in church life, I think showing grace is we're not being quick... And church discipline. Huh? Uh, showing grace is that we uh, we have conversations um, and we're not just operating on hearsay. Uh, showing grace is, is certainly if someone's repentant, um, yeah. then it's different. Um, but when there becomes a pattern of, of sinful, public sinful behavior, especially when it's unrepentant, And the elders are like, let's just pray for them. I'm like, yeah, you can pray for them, but and we should, but we're also going to do something about it. Um, And man, that's coming up here in a minute. So three, (laughs) the house that honors the Lord above all things. That's a strong house, a house that honors the Lord above all things.
0: So Jason, how was Eli honoring his sons over the Lord? This is where I wanted Uh-oh. to go. Here's Here where I want to go.
1: Let me give you the answer to that first. He was honoring their their will and desires. He was honoring their reputation. Mm-hmm. And he was honoring, this is a stretch, but he's honoring their ministry service. He's honoring that they're, what they do in the temple. Those are three ways. And I bring that up because as I was teaching that message Sunday, or even maybe it was the day before, it switched for me. I'm like, oh, when, and maybe, I think I might have mentioned it maybe in the second service. When you are passive and you allow sin to go in your church or sin in your family, you actually are honoring that individual and in the things that I mentioned. You're honoring what they want to do, they want to be wild in their sin. And you're letting them do that. So you're honoring them and their desires. Um, and you're like, I don't want to get involved because like, they'll feel bad about themselves. Or maybe other people will see what we did in church discipline. Or whether it's like you're out in public and your kid's acting a fool in the restaurant. And you're like, I'm just going to let them do it. Because if you, you're going to cause a scene and... You know, a six-year-old may not have a reputation, but well, they might. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like when you get involved, you're, you're doing, you're messing with a reputation. So you're honoring their reputation mm-hmm. by just let not addressing it. And with ministry, like if they're serving, you're like you're honoring the, the things they do for the, the ministry, even good things. Um, the problem is you're just not honoring the lord which is the primary calling. So that I think that honestly that's it it switched for me because I was like why do people get so mad? Like why do your kids get so mad? Why does why do people in your church get so mad when you have any level of church discipline? It's because they don't feel honored. Mm. I'm like Yeah, I don't care because my job (laughs) is to honor the Lord, Right. you know? Now, it doesn't mean we're trying to shame. It doesn't mean that we're trying to be mean or hateful, but we're not. Yeah, you're right. We're not lifting you up in your sin. We're trying to lift up the Lord, and that's when you get that tension there. That's what I've been waiting to say, and it was just super helpful for me to try to think (laughs) through that. So if it wasn't for you, whatever. It was helpful for me. So go ahead.
0: It's actually on you.
1: Oh, gosh. All right. In what ways... (laughs) This is another one I like. In what ways are parents honoring their kids over the Lord today? I did a very
0: generic question or answer to this because I Mm -hmm. am not going to be that guy. No, but um, by allowing their kids to run their households, um, by not making the Word of God priority over their lives. um, And if you wanted some real life examples, I mean... Uh, you have individuals who, um, you hear my who go, yes, um, who make it a priority to be at a sporting event more than they do at church. Or um, my kid plays weekend ball. My kid, you know, yeah, wherever the kid, the kids, whatever the kids into is what they're honoring over the Lord.
1: Yeah. You heard it here. No sports for your kids. I did not say that. <laughs> no, it's tough. That I get it. That I mean, and I don't. I think both of us don't want to make blanket statements on that especially with sports Um, but I will say it is it is becoming increasingly difficult to try and lead a godly family and have a kid in sports Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying you can't or uh, I'm just saying it's hard just primarily because your kid's going to play once they get to junior high sadly younger than that but junior high, especially senior high, they're playing year round sports. Yeah. In one sport. So it's incredibly difficult to have some priorities. And I think if you're con- if if everything revolves around your kid, you're honoring your kid. You're not mm-hmm. honoring the Lord. Um as much as you and I we love our kids, uh, our lives don't revolve around them. No. It doesn't. But and I think parents, um they think they're being awesome by that. I yeah, just yeah. listened to, um, it was, a, it was Alistair Begg, his truth for life podcast. He's do he taught like several messages on the importance of expository preaching, which I, which was why I was listening to it. It was good. Um, but for whatever reason, he was talking about parents and like how 50 years ago or whatever, you never would have saw like parents with their stickers of their kids on their yeah. back of their car <laughs> and Like, yeah. um, and I think there, there's just something's out of whack there, and I th- and I certainly think a part of that is we we're, we're unintentionally, sometimes intentionally, honoring our kids over the Lord rather than like if you're at a restaurant, to me it's like your kids are there to eat out of your good grace. You're not eating at home, yeah. and they better behave. And if they don't behave, they're getting removed from the restaurant, period. Yep. And like my kids, um. I've said it a thousand times. I'm fine if you hand your kid a device, whatever. That's but I would much rather have my kid listen to adults or talk to each other. Like yeah. that's that's what that's how I remember being a kid is listening to adults have conversations. Now, if you're trying to honor the Lord, you better have a Lord honoring conversation because your kids are <laughs> yeah, listening. So. True. But still, man, I just Something something is off in all of that, um, and
0: uh, and it's more than just sports. And as you were talking, I just thought of like, what about all these kids that are like TikTok famous and all these things? They're oh yeah, that I mean that's their priority. Yeah, that's their life. Yeah, like Alex watches this sh- silly show on Hulu. She might get mad at I'm saying this on the podcast, but I don't care. The D'Amelio show. I, no I, I mean, I, I didn't know who they were either before, but the, the girl was one of the girls. The daughter was like the most famous TikTok person at one point in time. Right. And then, and they, from watching the show, do nothing that honors the Lord that I see.
1: <laughs> Man, remind me to find that article. Maybe I sent it to you. It was an article about how like Gen X is uh, trying to proce- forgive their parents for the um, like the lack of emotional whatever that they didn't provide for them as kids and I'm like this was it was a real article and I'm like these people are the worst they're the worst I'm like your parents fed you took care of you like yeah I'm sure parents at some point yeah you should probably should have got a few more hugs whatever but um I'm like Trying to forgive your parents. I mean, what? I don't know. It was oh, it infuriated me. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, and I have great loving parents, but still, it's it's just like man. There's
0: a running joke in my with my kids. Alex, whenever she writes me, wrote me little cards, or yeah. you know, birthday, Father's Day, but long ago, she wrote in it like all these thanks for all this, thanks for thanks, 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 and she says. Thanks for not beating me. <laughs> this has kind of become a running joke in our family. Thank you.
1: <laughs> but not that that's something to joke about. No, no. I, but I, I think the schedule is probably the best. It's not just sports. It's you know, you're yeah. honoring when your kids dictate your entire schedule. Something's wrong. Something's off there. And like a, last night, we were, we had some friends over and. Anytime we have friends over, Eliza's like, "Well, I'm not gonna sleep," and we're <laughs> like, "Eliza," I said, "She's she like they get mad." I'm like, "Eliza, we have friends, we hang out. You have friends, you hang out with them. We have friends, we hang out with them. That's how the world works." And we're adults, we stay up late. And um, so she she kept she she'll come out of her room, and I'm like, "No," <laughs> and um, I don't know if I can. Maybe I'll get in trouble. I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying it on the podcast, um, but Corey's like, "You need to go deal with her." So I went in there, and she's like hiding in Judah's bed. So I just yanked her out of the bed, took her to her room, and uh, my, "You're not coming out." I said, "You want to come out of this room tonight? You will be spanked." And uh, she said, "But I have one. I have one more question." <laughs> I said, "The discussion is over. There is no questions. Like the kids. Sometimes kids." No, you can have conversations the next day or whatever. But in the moment, like the kids need to know, no, this is what needs to be expected. There is no discussion, and you will do what we say. And uh, so I made her, and I, I try to like when I promise things to the kids, I'm like I don't break my promise to the kids. Yeah. And so that hopefully that's built into them. So I told, them, I asked her, I said, you promised me you're not gonna leave this room. She said, what if I can go to the bathroom? I said, you can go to the bathroom. She said, what if I want to sleep on the couch? I said, when we're all asleep, you can come out here and sleep on the couch. I said, do you promise me? She's like, I promise. I'm like, all right. I said, I don't break promises. I hope you don't. And that was the end of it. It was fine. But that's the thing. It's like, I'm not going to let her be like, well, she wants to be out here. And what's wrong with that? She wants to spend time with her parents. I'm like, well, she needs to sleep. She's got school tomorrow. And, you know, we need breaks from our kids, too. So see you later. Go to bed. So, anyways, um, let's let's go let's on. Move on.
0: So, Jason, how does sin ruin things from within?
1: Simply, it rots the foundation, and then the house crumbles. So, I would say sin ruins leaders first, yeah. and every fallen family, every fallen church, um, is has a fallen leader behind it. And we're several leaders behind it, um, so I would say yeah we we would we need to repent, parents need to repent, church leaders, me, I need to repent, not that we don't sin, not that I'm trying to as I try to raise kids, not I'm gonna sin, um, right. we will, but it's when we make a mess of our sin, we confess, we make things right, and then we move forward mm-hmm. um I think it's. As, just to give an example, it's like if you spill milk in the back of your car and you're like, I bet if I just leave it there in the summer sun, it'll get better. I'm like, no, it's going to get worse. It's going to it's gonna get worse. <laughs> so, as a leader, that's where it starts. Leaders, parents, repent of your sin. Uh, don't let that sin grow in your house and in your church till it rots things out um, from the foundation. So, Summary point, the house built on Christ will never fall.
0: So considering Matthew seven twenty-four through 27, what does it mean to build your house on Christ?
1: Make everything about a gospel thing. That'd be one. Uh, it's not just don't make everything a sin thing. It's make everything a redemptive thing. Um, and... So when our kids sin, we address it, but then we also talk about forgiveness, and we talk about what Jesus did for us. And when we, when I pray for them, it's a a gospel kind of prayer, um, and we have gospel conversations with them. It's not just are you a Christian. It's just everything is gospel oriented. Or when I fail in front of them, you know I pray and or I ask their forgiveness. We, it's a gospel thing. So make everything about the gospel. Make your house connected to the Lord's house. So his church, his bride. Uh, You can't tell me you want to build your house on Christ and then ignore what Christ loved and died for. Um, That makes you a hypocrite. So (laughs) if you want, you're serious about, like, I want to build my house on the Lord and um, you're never at the Lord's house, which is a real location, a gathering of believers. That's not just in your house. Uh, a pattern that we see in the New Testament that has church discipline and elders and and a local body and widows and all of that. Like you better be connected to that, or you're just speaking out of both sides of the mouth. Your mouth. Um, and then make your house a word-saturated house. Read in front of your kids. Read the Bible in front of your kids. Uh, don't just preach at them. Just talk to them about the word is good so um all right that's the end of it too many rants from me uh yeah. let's end with christmas it's should we be listening to christmas music already Chris?
0: that's not the question
1: all right so we should <laughs> what what uh any christmas so for people that are because i am for sure uh, for sure. For sure. Any Christmas music recommendations to kick off this November? Christmas with the Petersons. Ah, oh, That was going to be one of mine, too. Are you serious? Yeah, I love that album. It's the yeah. Petersons. They're Peterson family. Yeah. Bluegrass. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's all I have. That's all you have. That's all I got. I could, I, I pulled up my <laughs> mu- my Apple music, and I've been listening <laughs> my playlist right now. I found it. It's uh, Christmas Piano Lullabies, <laughs> Carols, and Hymns by Piano Peace. It's New Age music. Oh, my. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me give some recommendations here. This is what I have. I'm just going through the list. Phil Wickham has a, an acoustic sessions Christmas. Is good. Alabama Christmas. It's Christmas and Dixie. Snow is coming down. Piano Guys. Is good. Now, you may not know this, but Hillsong, whether you like them or not, Hillsong worships Christmas. It's called Christmas the Peace Project. It's such a good Christmas album. Same with Laura Daigle, her Christmas. I'm telling you, man, their Christmas albums are so good. So good. If you don't have them, get them. Um, And I listen to like Bing Crosby, all that, all the traditional Bing Crosby uh, I have to mention it every year Kenny G okay. is my top. My Can you top. See him. I want to. My my one of my like bucket list concerts would be a Kenny G Christmas oh, concert. He was in Greenville recently. Since you've been here, he was. At, we didn't go. Oh, okay. okay. But that would be. I I really just want to hear him play Christmas stuff. I don't want to hear him play okay. like love songs. Um. So. Okay. Um, I don't know if I've got... John, Johnny Cash, The Christmas Spirit is one of my favorite Christmas albums. Hmm. Um, So there it is. There's a few to get you started here. Um, So, yeah, I know. I've got problems. You see the Santa Claus is going to come out of Disney Plus, yeah. like the new one?
0: I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Well, I haven't seen it. I just saw that it was announced. I haven't seen. I don't know if there's like a trailer or anything. Else uh, there
1: for it. It's got everyone in it. It's got Bernard. Bernard is at the end. The elf Bernard's at the end of really? the trailer. Yeah. I, Played I, by the original guy. Yeah.
0: Charlie's not in, it, is he? Yeah. Oh
1: my but he looks. He looks like a normal person. now. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. You want me to pray? I'll pray. Cool. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word and. Um, just being able to study in First Samuel. And God, we um, we pray that, that we're not just studying on Sundays. We're studying during the week, and we're excited to look at chapter 3 um, on this Sunday. God, I pray that uh, you would just fill us full of encouragement. God, help us not just to be worried about tomorrow. Help us to uh, trust you for today. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. That's it.